0: hello how's everyone doing good 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 yeah just trying to compute
1: yeah i I think that's right like i'm still like how am i supposed to figure out what's going on i i I don't know
0: yeah there's a lot going on uh we have some very creative uh uh backgrounds going on uh check out youtube
2: our visual protest, Jerry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I see that you actually took the time yeah, to yeah. uh Photoshop a map of the city and yourself somewhere in right. there. Yep. I thought, I thought all strings would kind of lead back to you. <laughs> lead
2: back to ALR. I should have gotten a different one to base
0: it on. That's right. Uh but uh very, very clever. Um so yeah, there's a lot going on. I, I get the feeling that uh You know, I I don't know why uh, it's all kind of crunched towards the end here. Um, And I've been thinking about, wow, they just really haven't haven't learned that much about what's going on. And I wanted to leave it a mystery. And then I I think it's probably because there's like a whole other level of stuff that is going to, you know, carry you through (laughs) the next season. And so this is this is just trivial. That that season oh three, that's where, <laughs> in, that's just, where just people like a, start going crazy.
3: It's like a big onion, isn't it? Just,
0: <laughs> just keep peeling away. Big, stinky onion. And yes. it makes you cry. Uh, that it does. That it does. Um, but no, you guys have been good. You uh, you had some very good conversation with uh, Lumela last episode, which I thought was great. And didn't have to really you know she told you everything that she knew and you asked all the right questions and i thought that was fantastic and and then you uh just started right up with uh freya too so and she was gonna get pretty long-winded so that's where we cut it off last week but um you guys are you're cruising along might take a little bit to process it but you're doing a great Uh job i think Uh (laughs) uh-huh thanks jerry we, we're
2: trying our best. I I just show up and best. do my A game. That's all I can do. Today. Yeah, that's all
3: you're yeah. gonna get. My best.
0: No <laughs> more. Gregar only brought three <laughs> sheets of paper for notes and for the season, and he's he's full up. So yeah,
3: that's it.
0: That's it. it can't get that's too, too much more complicated. Uh, take some notes on your on his hand, maybe. Craigar is just like, who who do I have to kill and how? <laughs> how, and, how do we wrap this up? What? Uh, <laughs> someone has to die, and then we're done. Um, yeah next
2: that's... season I'm making a spreadsheet I will... <laughs> yeah
0: right uh that's actually what I use to keep track of everything, so that's oh uh, well, you should
2: put it up online so everyone can see it Jerry Oh, cause... that's like that would build the beans. someone
3: might do a mental health check on him though after that uh yes, definitely. <laughs>
2: I am a mandated reporter Jerry, so I yeah. may need to i may uh, to, need to get you committed, but that's the, okay.
0: the backgrounds well. you guys have those are just two walls if, of my bedroom, so. <laughs> I, I put them on the internet for you guys to find. Well, that's um, why
2: your wife needs to keep
0: buying yarn it.
2: <laughs>
0: That is funny Where's all my yarn go Just Don't look in the basement uh, That's pretty good Well, uh, thank you for being here Thank you to all of our listeners uh, and supporters out there who have been uh, trying to keep up with everything that we've been throwing at you the past 34 episodes. So hopefully you're keeping up um, and uh, understand a little bit of what's going on this season. Otherwise, you know, we talk about other things occasionally. And if worse comes to worse, we'll talk about sports again. So um, I don't think that's a want.
2: (laughs) Why would we do that to anybody? (laughs)
0: Uh, but thank you for being here. If you want to support our podcast, uh, you certainly can by listening, by writing a review on your favorite uh, podcast app, or uh, by contributing to uh, Patreon. And you can do that by going to patreon.com slash dungeon patrol or go to DungeonPatrol.com and click on the Patreon button. And we'd be happy to take your money. Like I said last episode, you know, everyone wants to pay for me to have a good time. And so that's your chance to do that and keep this adventure rolling. And maybe it'll all make sense. Who knows? Maybe. Who yeah. knows? Maybe subsidize
2: his poor wife's yarn addiction. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's has nothing to do with my microphone addiction. It's all about yarn. Uh, but... Uh, thank you for listening, sticking with us. Thank you guys for being here and uh, allowing me to monopolize your brain power for another another episode. And that being said, do you have a recap for us, A'Lar. Of course, I do, Jerry. My
2: A'Lar romance emerged into Saltside amidst a crowd of people. It seemed the Queen of Ashmore was sending a rescue ship or a fleet of rescue ships, due to arrive in the next week. In the crowd, they spied the half-orc dancer Lumilla, who told them of a smuggler's tunnel into the Dreadgate. But first, they need to uncover the mystery of why the Baron even wanted to capture Arvik. Could he be the lost king of the pirate isles? Find out on Dungeon Patrol.
0: Nicely done. Uh, I have nothing to correct on that one, so that's good. (laughs) <laughs> wow okay so <laughs> no, get an A. You, they're always good praise. they're always good uh cool um yeah so that's where we left off you guys had just started a conversation with freya skolaveg was kind of watching on and freya sort of pulled you aside you know gave uh skolaveg a, a little reassuring um kind of nod and gesture and then pulled you aside to tell you more about how Arvik um, became their king.
2: And while we're talking with Freya, I'm going to be making flirty eyes
0: at Skolovic. <clears throat> nice. She ought to appreciate that. She's not a bad looking uh, woman and... by any, any stretch a little, little on the crazy side uh, as far as the violence factor, but uh, <laughs> you know, You've probably seen worse, right? Yeah. Um, so Freya starts to tell you this story. She says, she gives you a little background. And um, I don't know how much you know about the Pirate Isles, how we came to be, who we are. But I'll, I'll start at the beginning. 1500 years ago. <laughs> Whoa many many people were still recovering from the dragon age and small groups of people were banding together and forming societies and coming out of hiding and many of us wanted to continue living this simple life and so we fled all of that we went to found found the isle found the isles and that's where we called home now at the beginning, there, we definitely had leaders among us, and one of them, one of the most revered, is a man named Ulf Shaga. Ulf told us in his later years that when we asked him, well, when my people asked him to become king in his later years, uh, he told them that Badrigan would, or that the Pirate Isles, Theringar. Sorry, I'm all mixed mixed up. I'm looking at different notes. Uh, Thrngar would never need a, you know would need a king someday, but um, the only way they would know that is if this man could move this stone into the sea. And so we have a tradition. Every year when we come together for our summer moot, um, someone, you know, the the young men, the, the strongest warriors come and they try to move Ulfshaga's stone into the sea. Now, this is a massive boulder that no one has been able to budge for more than a thousand years. of course, until Arvik came along. He moved the stone into the sea, and we were so unprepared for that, we didn't know what to do. Some people sided with Arvik and said he should be our king immediately. That's what the legend tells us. But others, myself included, and Wolf Canute, disagreed and felt that there's no reason for this legend to be enforced. It's only a legend. Things were fine. Why do we need a king now? It didn't make sense. But then the mists came. And instead of doing the right thing, Wolf Canute and I and many others, we convinced Arvik to come with us. We kidnapped the poor man and brought him with us on our ships so that he couldn't be king. And I failed at leading us out of the mists. Wolf Canute, he had better luck. So he became our unofficial leader as we fled the Isles and fled the approaching mists. But I've got to know Arvik on on the trip. And I believe now that he has all of the traits that our people desperately need. He is the fiercest warrior the Pirate Isles have, have ever seen. But he also has compassion, and he has skills and interests. He's not a simpleton like people make him out to be. He's just rough, un- uneducated. But he knows things, and he has skills, and that's what we need. We, we shouldn't be a pestilence upon the northern sea anymore. We, we need to become a real people that can produce things and work for a living. But first, we need someone that can help us take the isles back from the foul creatures that now inhabit it. And I believe now that we made a grave mistake in not siding with Arbic from the beginning. And our people are out there, outside the walls of the Dreadgate, about to be crushed between the legions and those thick walls and Arvik's in here that's why the Baron wants him, that's why he's important to the Baron, that's why he's important to us Wolf Canute asked Arvik to serve as his shield master and Arvik refused if Arvik had agreed Arvik would be acknowledging Wolf Canute's supremacy and Wolfknut would have been the de facto king of Thuringar. So instead, he names Skolaveg the second most fierce fighter amongst us. And she has been goading the poor man ever since, trying to conclude this with an honorable fight where Arvik would lose and Wolfknut would be. Our king. That's the story.
3: Wow.
1: That's <coughs> a terrible story. Yeah, so yeah, who guys... likes
0: this stuff?
4: Wow.
1: <laughs> so, it, <laughs> I do not know you're, you and Wolf Knuth and how many others just decided to completely ignore this this history of your home?
0: Yes, I I can tell you that the discussions went on for months, many months. This happened over the summer, when we all get together for games and meetings, all the various pirate lords and clans, and uh, we've been talking about it ever since, until the mist came.
3: So you were mutinous during your little game time?
0: Yes, yes. I guess you could look at it that way.
3: No, that's what you overthrew a king.
0: Arvik is very unassuming, as you know, uh, and quite likable, actually. But he doesn't inspire that that feeling um, of what you would expect out of a king.
1: I don't know, I quite like them.
3: Yeah, so, but he is by title king. Well, so just because he's not assumed to be king, like he's not your king. So yet he has the title of king.
0: Yes, and- it, it was it was clear towards the end that we were on the losing side. Mm-hmm. We were in the minority. But after the miss came, we took advantage of that, took advantage of Arvik, stole him away from his people.
2: And now the gods have punished you by trapping you in a city and dispersing your people across the land to be crushed by armies
3: while you sit here watching.
0: Yes, that is true.
3: So do we Kings need to get... Ahead. Do we need to get King Arvik back to
0: his people? Yes. This to needs Arvick. to be resolved one way or another. Either this story ends as a
2: tragedy or an epic. <laughs>
0: right. Wolf Canute. Is on his way with all of our men. He's headed here. Our job was to rally the Salt Siders, and he was going to bring everyone else he could to bear. And we're going to somehow take the Dread Gate. I still don't know how we will cross the bridge without getting mowed down by crossbowmen and archers but we'll die trying at least. And I wish Arvik was there to lead us. So at least we could say that we honored him in our final moment. Well, wow. And uh, we need to find Arvik, like
3: Trish said. He was seen here in the square before the, uh, before this uh, engagement and he went Southeast. Do you know what's perhaps southeast and where they would be bringing him?
0: I, I do not. He was, he was here in the square. How long ago? Uh, Just before we arrived. Couple of hours. A Couple of hours. Just oh. before you arrived. Yes. Then you must, you must be off. Um, we, we will, uh, we will definitely work with the siders here and welcome Wolf Canute and his men when they arrive but if you, you must find arvik if we stand a chance he's the one that will bring us together as a people he's the one that can help us i mean um,
4: is moving a big rock really the best way to determine a king though <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh yeah. it's their tradition craig are don't yeah. judge
0: it's that or the electoral college i guess but no <laughs> yeah.
2: that's as silly as like Pulling a sword out of a stone or I
3: don't know. Yes, but people <laughs> call him king.
2: You know, and really they had 1500 years to figure out the use of levers, but whatever. Right, right. <laughs> right. Uh, Simple machines. Yeah, whatever. come on people. It's okay.
0: They are so, pirates um, after all, right? Yeah.
2: So does Arvik want to be king?
0: Um, You know that he... You know, he doesn't seem like he wants this, that he's been shunning all of this. He doesn't want the violence, the bloodshed. He wants to have a simple, peaceful life. I mean, that's that's what you know about Arvik. And I think um, Freya sees that as his main strength.
3: Well, I think it's up for um, not just a small group of people to decide the outcome of his people. It's for the people who call him king to decide. Not those who would, you know, mutiny against him.
0: Yes. She, so she what, nods her head.
4: What do we think the Baron would do with Arvik? How would he use him as leverage?
0: Oh, well, see, I, I believe the Baron's supporters are all out at their estates. And the reason why they didn't send help To help the baron retake the city is probably because of our brothers and sisters out there raiding these same estates, keeping them occupied. Now, if the baron can stop that, if he can bargain with Arvik, make them stop, then he has the advantage. Because most of them, they're not like us. They do see Arvik as their king. Well, it all leads back to Arvik
3: and finding him then, doesn't it? That's the first step. Right. Mean, so, it, it
4: looks like to me, based on putting all these crazy strings together, that they brought him here to go through this tunnel. So their prairie are probably already nearly to the dread gate. Then we had best
0: hurry. What tunnel do you speak of?
4: There's a tunnel right around here that goes to the Dreadgate and the Golgonians took Arvik and they're headed there now.
2: And how do we know we can trust Freya and Skolavig at this point? We can't. I don't know that we can trust
4: anybody. No.
2: As far as I'm concerned, we're here for ourselves. And for Arvik. We will help him reclaim his throne and save this city in the bargain. Well,
4: I mean, if he doesn't want the throne, that's not really helping him, is it?
2: Then we will get on one of the ships to Ashmore.
1: <laughs> well, what we do Something know will is happen. he doesn't want to be used as a pawn by the Baron, so we should at least go help our friend out of that situation. And then then he can have some you know, autonomy in making his decisions.
0: Yep. I like that.
1: So let, do you know where there is a, um, a tannery? Uh,
0: she will say, I, I do not. And trust me, I understand your concerns about us, but if there's a way into the Dreadgate, that, that only helps us and uh, Arvik, I, I hope. Um, but thank Freya,
2: you. when I write of this, and I will, I will write you as a remorseful villain. I, I don't really care. We need
1: yeah. to
3: find well, Henry. So. Let's grab let's grab a local then and ask because yeah. everybody so we talk to is not down the locals. Street.
2: You know what street it's down, so right. let's yeah. go down that way. And you can follow your nose. Yes. Follow
0: your nose. Mr. Mutt. Nose. <laughs> All right. So you guys are taking <sighs> off. Freya parts ways. At the same mm-hmm. time, your friend, Gaunt Darkmane.
2: I'm going to blow a kiss to Scola Vegas. as we leave.
0: You see Gaunt kind of, you know, he sort of disappeared when you guys went into the crowd and came back. And, and he's, he's like, I, I have to find my wife. I'm sorry. I wish you the best of luck. Um, and you. I hope we see, see you again. Uh, I hope we meet again, friends. Thank you for saving my life. I owe you. And uh, he gives you a nice, polite bow and disappears down a different, different path.
1: We will remember that you
3: owe us.
0: let's just point out that we all of us all
3: four of us would agree that we were all suspicious of wolf Canute and company
0: Mm -hmm. so okay yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. the crowd is ebbing now as most of the celebrants have dispersed to spread the good news the man known as telford tongue is still basking in the attention afforded by a handful of latecomers and diehards you can tell by the look on his face and his body language that all the pageantry has energized him, where the pirates look exhausted and wary, Telford appears exuberant and carefree. Whoever this man is, he has a knack for this type of performance. Mm. You only hope there is some truth to it. And as you stroll down the street and out of the I'm square, not
2: jealous, Jerry. Why why did you say that?
0: <laughs> not at all jealous. He was okay, I guess. He was uh, okay. That's you know. Four out of he tandem. used a lot of
3: vocal fillers. I mean, if you're, into, <laughs> if you're into that...
0: Did you hear how many times he said, wow? It was <laughs> uh, As you stroll down the street and out of the square, you take a backwards glance and catch Skolavig staring at you. You walk through Salt Side, and it's quiet. Although you do hear the occasional snippet of excited conversation as you pass by the shoddy row houses. And suddenly, you reach the end of the road, where your choices are now left, staying in salt side, or right, headed toward down bottom. I'm going to have you roll perception here.
1: Seven.
3: Yeah.
4: Uh,
0: 22.
4: 22. 22. Wow. I rolled a 90-20. That's the best I
0: can do.
2: I got
0: a six. So. Oh, okay. You're with Tris. I'm,
2: I'm writing the epic in my head right yeah. now.
0: <laughs> so 22 is... stuff. Oh, it's going to be great. I can't wait. How do I rhyme with Skoldvik? <laughs> <laughs> Uh As you get to this uh, choice that's now in front of you, an errant breeze catches... Uh, it brings a new smell to your nostrils, coming from the east, and it's an unpleasant mix of stale urine and rotting flesh.
4: My nose knows oh. that direction we go.
0: Okay. You head left, then, toward the smell. The structures here are still poorly constructed, but there is a mix of small homes and larger structures, warehouses, wood shops, metalworkers, a cart shed... And a tannery. Everything appears to be suffering from extended disuse, but the tannery smell lingers. And at 60 yards further down the road, you spy something that seems sort of out of place. A muddy path with recent ruts carved into the thick half-frozen slurry. You can see that the path leads to a small cottage of stone
3: Okay, I'll keep promising. following that.
0: I'll keep following.
3: Yeah. I suggest we be stealthy. So okay. I'm going to kind of tuck behind the corner and then come back out as a as a as a mastiff. All
0: right, I like that. So you're going to you, use your.
2: You transform in private. Are you like embarrassed of your transformations?
0: <laughs> well, I am now
3: well they pointed it make me feel embarrassed about he's
0: 16. it 16 he's self-conscious about <laughs> right. his body and right. everything it's- just leave
3: me alone
0: <laughs>
3: brokos
2: what are you doing in there <laughs> nothing <laughs>
0: uh just need some privacy um so uh the money path with the recent ruts And you can see the path leads to a small stone cottage, while the initial appearance, as you get closer, gives you the sense of slapdash construction. You can see that the stones have been carefully chinked and stuffed with a mixture of moss and mud. The door, too, looks weathered and rough, but still sturdy and well-fitted. And you said you wanted to approach stealthily. Is that correct, Craigar?
4: That is correct. With that 19.
0: All right. Are we yeah.
1: all approaching with you?
2: Or do you want to? I'm trying to pick up
4: first? a. Yeah. I mean, if you want to just let me go a little bit ahead so I can check it sure. out.
1: All right.
0: Okay. You see that the cottage is built against the steep ridge that separates Salt Side and Down Bottom from the temple district above. As you approach, you can make out two other structures. A wooden shed with its roof seemingly sagging under the weight of decades worth of soggy brown moss, and a larger circular structure made of stone like the cottage, but covered in thick layers of cracked and crumbling stucco. From the shape, the pointed peak, and the small sheltered holes, you can surmise it's an old dovecote. Sneak over to the
1: stone
4: structure.
0: The Dovecote or the cottage or the shed?
4: The Dovecote.
0: Okay. I mean, where where do the ruts go? They go up to the house and stop at the house, and then you can see them go over to the shed area.
4: Is there any sign of any cart?
0: No. But you did see a cart. A couple of episodes ago.
4: All right, I will sneak over to the shed then.
0: Okay. The shed, sorry, I have to jump ahead here in my, you follow the tracks to the shed and the shed has a dangerously drooping roof. The crude door opens with some difficulty as the bottom edge drags a furrow through the thickening soup of mud and slush. Inside, you see nothing but sparkling droplets of water leaking through a half dozen different holes, and the ruts where the wheels of something once sat—a small cart, perhaps.
4: All right, I'll look back at my companions and motion them up.
0: And then Am I I'm
3: getting into... any kind of scent of anything of Arvark?
0: It's uh, it's wet. Arvark and uh he's 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 a king he's a (laughs) king King aardvark Aardvark. uh you know kings are always good with a good uh when you mess up their name
3: yeah i
2: love that any scent of of
0: humans or anything uh you uh with the wetness and everything uh it's a little bit more difficult than you expected but there is a strong strong were rat scent here that you Mm -hmm. immediately pick up on Okay, I'll,
3: whoever that is, it'll paw at it or t- tuck my, or point my tail at it or, you know, dog.
0: It seems to be, uh, I mean, it seems to be all over, um, mm-hmm. you know, around the outbuildings, but much stronger at the cottage. Okay, I'll go
3: towards the cottage and quietly go towards the cottage and kind of get, try to get close to the entry.
0: All right. You walk around the small cottage taking notice of every detail. A handful of shuttered windows all tightly shut and locked from the inside. The door with its rugged exterior and heavy iron handle. Muddy prints all around the door and to and from the outbuildings. The smells of a recent fire uh, very strong in your nose, Brokos. As well as ancient bird dung and the earthy sense of mud and moss the were-rat sense, and possibly others. uh, Humanoids. uh, Not were-rats. Maybe even a hint of werewolf. Hmm. The only sounds you can hear are the steady trickle of water running up the thickly thatched roof and into puddles under the eaves.
3: I'm going to try to get the attention of Alar, or somebody who's Maybe whine or like, is you a boy? know scratch at the door. I'm pretty sure at
1: this point that we would pay attention to Good. yeah to yeah. the signals of the dog. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
3: So obviously, I'm very interested in the end the door
0: or the cottage.
3: Try the door then.
0: Okay, it does appear to be locked. Well, so someone would have to roll it. for it. Yeah,
3: I'm going to back away just a little bit. I'll pull up my let the rogue grow.
4: Lock pick kit. Uh, my first try is only going to be a
0: 13. All right. Clean the water off of them. Okay. (laughs) It doesn't quite do it. Um, it looks like it's, I mean, it's pretty well made if someone wants to, uh, aid his next attempt or maybe just bash it down.
1: I would like to bash. Did you want to try again?
4: Yes. I would like another moment, please.
1: All right. Hurry up for boy. (laughs)
3: who smells worse in this rain the mastiff or craigar craigar uh, definitely craigar
0: 22 22 all right so this time you can feel it and it's like oh yeah i should have i should have known this the, the lock would work this way uh, got it click and it's open i knew it was counterclockwise yeah, it was the lips it was the <laughs> Lipsy lock 3000 everybody yeah, knows how it yeah open you know those. that uh it, so the door opens uh, with the slight, slightest push, makes the slightest creak. And as you open it, you almost immediately feel warm air on your face. smell of burnt wood is stronger, too. And you enter to find a cozy main room centered around an ash-stained hearth in a blackened iron pot. And the furnishings are sparse, but sturdily made and comfortable-looking. Two wooden chairs covered with sheepskins face the fireplace. A small table sits between the chairs. Copper goblets, one half full of wine, sit on the table. To your left, you see another room. There's no door, just a heavy woolen blanket hanging almost all the way down to the threshold. And to your right, you see a three-legged stool in front of a wash basin on a small counter and a ladder that goes up into an open loft.
3: I'll uh, enter at least. And do I hear anything?
0: You don't hear anything except for the sounds of the rain outside.
1: I, I check the hearth. Is it is it still warm or is it cold?
0: It is uh, still just has a hint of warmth.
1: All right. Well, now I want to I want to see if there's anything that will move. Is there a way? I, I thoroughly check the hearth.
0: Okay. So, oh. everyone can roll perception if you want. 20. Yeah,
4: I'm going to walk around checking the floor. I'll kick that stool over. Basically okay. looking for uh, a trap, like a
2: floor trap door.
0: All right. So, you start poking around. Everyone's lifting. You got a 20. Alar, what'd you get?
2: I got an 18.
0: Nice. Uh, what'd you I, get, Brokos? Uh, hmm. I got an eighty twenty, so 26. Jeez. So. You start rummaging around the room. You, you notice that the, the wine still smells fresh, like someone just left it just hours ago. The hearth, uh, obviously, still warm. Um, looks like this has been lived in quite a bit. Um, you know, people have been coming and going, their boot prints all over the place. You shove the blanket aside, and you see this other simply outfitted room. A wooden frame supports a lumpy feather mattress. More blankets lie on top of the bed, along with a bearskin and two lumpy bundles of cloth-covered straw that apparently have been used for pillows. A large chest has been shoved against the far wall, apparently in an effort to clear floor space for the two bedrolls that now cover the area at the foot of the bed. Twine has been run across one corner of the room and a few garments have been draped over it. One of the garments, a stained and threadbare woolen vest, has a crumpled note in the pocket that you find immediately because you all rolled so well. And that note says, After the full moon has waned, gather the men you need and bring the portal to the new rendezvous location. Do nothing to cause suspicion. Signed, M-F.
3: After the full moon? The new moon.
0: Yeah, after the full moon.
3: What what moon cycle are we right now?
0: Tonight is the full moon.
3: Bring the portal to the new location.
2: Right. Remember they were moving the, the gate. Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> so you also explore the loft. Uh It's a low, shallow space right below the heavy poles that support the straw thatch. It was perhaps originally a sleeping space for children, but now it's full of dusty odds and ends. A broken wheelbarrow, a rusted chamber pot, various pieces of an old chair, and some rusty tools. Shovel, pick, and a whipsaw. The handles of the shovel and the pick have the initials AR carved into them.
3: Can I smell those shovel?
0: That uh, shovel? Uh, sure. Someone will bring it down to you. I don't know if you uh, can climb in massive form. I mean, no. It seems like a dog.
1: We have found the, the homestead of Abel Ross. Then, yeah that that right that stands to reason. Okay. Who is MF?
3: Oh, I got some ideas who the <laughs> MF is.
4: I mean, the only MF I can find in my notes doesn't make sense, and that's Marisha. The DM.
0: Fal- Marisha yeah. Falconer.
3: Sure.
4: But she was the acolyte to Galen.
2: Yeah. hard to believe. Is the So the pot is in the hearth? Uh, yeah. Is it connected to anything? Sitting on something? Uh, no. Okay. I'm going to go check that stone, that other... And Tris didn't find anything in the hearth?
0: No. no. Okay. Okay.
2: Then I'm going to light a fire in the hearth.
0: Okay. So there's some kindling and some, uh, you know, a couple of logs uh, sitting there. And you're able to start a fire after a little bit of effort? That's cool. Yes. And that's it you're you're warmer now, okay, I want to kind of smell around to see
3: any of like if there's a looking for possibly something on the floor, a hidden entrance, something of that nature,
0: yeah, you scratch around um, you know sniffing, and everything seems to be as it should be, no. Errant smells coming from some secret space below the floorboards. No, really, anything that seems out of place. Everything is very much as it appears to be. Um,
2: but this house is not freestanding, right? Like one wall is against the cliff.
0: Uh, it is freestanding, but it's it's right up, you know, close okay. to the the cliff. Yeah.
4: Well, the tunnel's probably on the outside then. Could be. Well, I want to go check the other building out, and then perhaps we can look along the cliff.
0: All right. You follow the tracks further, uh, back around the shed, and back to the side of the cottage where the dovecote stands, watch, over the small homestead. A door inside a shallow recessed alcove sits slightly ajar. You pull it open and enter. The twin smells of dung and moldering wood strike your nose simultaneously. But something else is there too. A sharper smell that's just as familiar. And since you, what did you roll again, Kragar? Perception last time? It was pretty high, wasn't it?
4: Uh, I got a twenty-two on my first perception.
0: Okay. Um, we'll say that you you should know what this smell is. It smells like lamp oil. Kind of a strong sort of whiff of that, but like it's it, just like spilled everywhere, or yeah, like it could could have been spilled, or you know maybe it's. Uh, Someone had a lantern out here and it's just like the smoke from the lantern smell. It's kind of like that. Okay. Very faint, but you can definitely pick it out from the other sense.
4: Hmm. Well, so I mean, so what is what else is inside?
0: Inside you see almost everything you expected. Old wooden pigeonholes for nesting birds now only frequented by the occasional wayward sparrow and a thick layer of dry and dusty bird dung. You can see the rows of nesting cubbies going all the way up to the peaked ceiling. A broken ladder leans dangerously on one leg, and muddy tracks seem to go all over the otherwise empty space. Okay. So I'm going
4: to search around in here for... You know, things that have been recently disturbed or moved or, again, something on the floor.
0: Okay. Uh, Roll a perception again. Ten. Ten? You look around and the only thing you can really discern as you make your examination is that the the tracks definitely seem to be more concentrated uh, around the edge of this circular space that you're standing in.
1: Hmm.
4: All right. I will turn and go back to the cabin to find Brokos.
3: All right. I'm laying next to the fire. <laughs> yeah, I'm
2: kicking back in one of those. As, any,
0: as any smart dog would do. Exactly. Uh, so, Craigar comes back, returns to you. Okay. I'm sure he says something yes. that's really... Come on, boy. Something like that.
4: Yeah, there's something out here.
1: I'm not
0: seeing okay. it. I'll follow him out. Okay. What are the other two doing, Tris? I'll go as well.
1: Yes, I, I will follow.
0: Okay. So you go outside, you see all the same stuff, and you all catch the same sense that he does. And he points out the fact that the tracks are, you know, much more concentrated around the outside of this circular space inside the dove coat. Um Obviously, been a lot of traffic in here, um, which would my seems would
3: smell or scent or scent pick up anything more than what Hillary has?
0: Yes, you do get a stronger scent of lamp oil, and also a strange breeze, something else, there something we go. very earthy, coming from the floor somewhere.
3: I will try to get my nose directly to where that is coming
0: from the floor that okay. breeze so you see brocos kind of take up uh spot in the middle of this space nose to the floor sniffing really hard so you you know that he's found something something's up if i find
3: it directly then i'll kind of scratch at it
0: okay Search so, again
4: now that he's like pointing at a
1: spot.
0: Sure. You guys can all roll if you want. Nope. Eighteen. Oh, nice. there we go. So, Tris, you walk over to where uh, Brokos is scratching, and you begin to lightly stamp around the floor, searching for the edges of hidden entrance or anything else that might be suspicious. Suddenly, a thin seam, no thicker than a fingernail, can be seen where the dusty dung has been disturbed by your relentless searching. And there, you see it. A hole big enough for a finger, or maybe two. Hmm. You insert your forefinger into the hole and lift. The heavy, well-crafted covering eases up with a painstaking effort. As you slide the fake floor away you catch a stronger whiff of the other smell you first noticed when entering lamp oil and you can see wooden stairs that seem to be going down, down, down into the darkness.
3: With all these smells. I am high as a kite.
1: <laughs> I think uh, we should follow now.
0: Okay. So you're going down the stairs. I am yeah. going
1: down the stairs.
0: Yeah. let's go. Awesome.
1: Yum.
0: At the bottom of the stairs, you find a small uh, stack of crates. Uh, one of them is half full of well-made lanterns. Um, obviously, the crates all have the Fox Cottage logo on them. Hmm. There are also two casks of oil sitting nearby. One of them is streaked with oil stains and is nearly empty. And the other one is full, appears to have not uh, yet to be opened. There's also a wooden crate with various other bits of gear sitting next to the stairs. You find neatly coiled ropes, uh, small hammers, some iron pitons, and bundles of thick wire. And ahead of you in the darkness, you see a passage, arrow straight with a slightly downward slope. It continues on as far as you can see.
4: Well, we should probably stock up on some lanterns for... Yep. Let's grab some lanterns
2: and head on down. Head on down. I'm going to take some of that wire.
0: Taking wire, too?
4: Because I know I had a bundle of wire somewhere in my list here. This is good for making traps.
0: And this scent is...
3: Can I pick up a scent, then? A little bit stronger scent of a, a trail?
0: Yes. You definitely can tell there's been some activity here. Uh, It's drier, um, and this part is, uh, there's quite a bit of uh, dirt on the ground and stuff like that, so holds on to the scent a little bit better, and you do catch a whiff of humanoids. One of them is faintly reminiscent of your friend, King Arvik.
3: All right. Well, I'm going to kind of whine in a little dog whine and look back at the group, and I'm going to just hit this trail can i see or can i guess how strong of scent it is as far as time goes
0: um you'd say it's probably just been a handful of hours fairly okay. fresh um also some wear rats uh some other humanoids passed this way too recently
3: okay well um i'm going to I mean, if if we know this is there, I'm going to turn out of my dog form and back uh, to human form and kind of just just let everybody know what I got, and we're not that far behind. They obviously, I think, rested up above us, and uh, we're we're hot on their trail.
0: Cool. So you let everyone know, and you guys grab some lanterns and some wire. Uh, anything else? Hmm.
4: Good on everything else. So
0: okay. So you um, follow the passage for two or 300 yards. Every 25 feet or so, you pass through thick timbers of some age-darkened wood meant for reinforcement. Suddenly, the nature of the passage changes, and you're forced to scramble down a steep, rugged slope for a 100 feet for coming to an even steeper slope where a sturdy rope has been fastened to the rough walls with pitons and thick rings of iron. Halfway down the second, more harrowing section of Natural Cavern, you begin to get a feel for the path, and you realize that Abel and possibly Lumella have traversed this same hazardous passage dozens or hundreds of times before. At the bottom, the cavern splits in multiple directions. Several natural tunnels head left and right, one of them barely high enough to crawl through. While 30 yards ahead, you notice the current chamber splits into two roughly equal-sized passages. The right half appears to slope upward while the left continues a downward trajectory before curling out of sight. Do we have any uh,
2: indications of the cart passing with the gate?
0: Uh, you do not. And is that is any- um, something that you probably would take note of because you know the weight of that yeah. portal. So. And tracks? No tracks. So you're guessing that the portal has not made it down here because it would probably, as that note that you found, kind of indicated, you know, they needed to gather some people to make that possible. If this was the place where they were going to move the portal,
3: but no human tracks, like footprints.
0: No, it's pretty stony and rocky uh, in this part portion. So, but we
3: follow. We've been following those tracks as far as we can, right? Like, yeah, I've been walking through here.
0: This is the first uh, spot where you have seen multiple options. Mm. Uh, It went from a man-made section Mm -hmm. um, that uh, you picked up the scents on to more of a natural stonier section, which, you know, the scent kind of wasn't there. Well, you were no longer a mastiff, but Mm -hmm. um, would have been harder for you to track. But there really has been only one way to go until this point. So
4: uh, we're not thinking that they were going to try to bring that giant stone portal down here.
0: That's what I thought you meant, because we left that
4: dumped over on the ground in that shed back near the you know way back, so they wouldn't have had time to even
2: recover. Oh, they that. okay, yeah, they they don't have that. Yeah, I mean they they could have another one. That's what I was thinking. That's what led me wrong. So, yeah. Well, So so it
4: sounds like, though, that they were probably going to bring that.
0: Yeah. I think the timing with the full moon being tonight, and maybe there's something with the crowd of people that happened to congregate on this night, um, when a bunch of were-rats needed to move this thing, maybe that messed up their plans, but there's there're lots of I think you guys are on the right track. It's just uh finding out the right sequence of events here and something along the way maybe mess that up.
3: What's the width of this tunnel?
0: Like dimensions? This pretty big yeah it's it's kind of varied um uh along the way. Uh, this particular section seems to get wider as this chamber goes on. So it's probably about um, 30 or 40 feet wide at the maximum point with half of it heading kind of upwards at the end and the other half heading slightly downwards.
3: So behind me, um, I'm going to spend a couple of diff- a couple of minutes casting um, Mold Earth in different okay. spots to, to create difficult terrain behind. Us.
2: Excellent. That's, I was wondering if we should do something like that.
0: That's smart. Uh, do you want to go back to the, that will really last for part?
3: only an hour. So, well, oh. I can take treacherous parts and I can make, turn it into, we can, we can pass difficult terrain cause I guess turn it into easy terrain for us, but um, it only lasts for an hour, but whatever. I mean, it's a cantrip. So what am I losing? Oh. You know, just, yeah. Okay. I might as well just do it. Okay. To try to throw maybe a monkey in the wrench if they're a wrench. Yeah. <laughs> throw <a monkey laughs> wrench at the monkey. 2020, yeah. man. Uh, <laughs> to throw a wrench into their monkey yeah. and, uh, and uh, just tend to throw them off. But I don't know which way you
0: guys want to go. You, uh, I could ask you all the roll perception. We'll see if yeah, you guys.
1: yeah, let's try.
0: I'm going to
3: cast uh, guidance on whoever wants it. Who's got the lowest perception? No, um, uh, I do on <laughs> Cragar. <I'm laughs> <not on laughs> so uh, I don't guidance know will that give Craigar. you a, guidance will give you a D4 there to your roll,
0: Craigar. All right, what what did we get?
2: I got nine.
0: (laughs) Okay. Jeez. I got eight. I got, wow. I got
3: 23. I got 23.
0: Oh my God. I don't
3: know. I rolled a 17, a 19 and an 80, 20 for my perceptions.
0: That's pretty awesome. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, until I actually, need you.
0: Um, so as you guys are talking over your options and let's say you, you get back from casting your cantrip to make the terrain a little bit more, uh, treacherous, for anyone who might be following behind you you come walking back into the group. And they're looking, looking around, discussing options. And that's when you notice it, Brokos up ahead in the left tunnel, the one that angles downward and seems to go around a bend after some distance, you can see the f- faint pulsating glow And at first, you're instantly alarmed by the thought of lantern-wielding gladiators and rat men heading your way. But then your logical 16-year-old brain takes over. Completely. And quickly discerns the pulsating glow is too regular and too red for lantern light. Mm -hmm. And then it dawns on you. You know exactly what this is. It's a clairvoyance orb.
3: I will say that out loud.
0: As you pointed out, the others then can start to see it. Way down at the end of this path, there is definitely a glowing, pulsating light. That same regular rhythm that uh, you recently traded away to uh, Clavius Crumble. Um, But yeah, down the left path.
3: Well, I think that helps us out. Is someone you wanted to go in? They're
1: monitoring that then? So, but you kept the one orb, right?
2: Yeah. The, can uh, we see if it's anything with the viewing we could, orb? We could try. I don't know how these things work. I don't either, but uh, apparently we have identify as a spell, so.
0: <sighs> you do? I think yeah, what, uh, what do you when you guys looked at them before, it. It, uh, it would take a specific um, magic to activate these things or some kind of power that you probably don't have. Okay. Then we need to
2: figure out a way to get by that orb without alerting it.
0: And I think I re- remembered uh, telling you guys at one point that they're, when they're glowing red, it means that they're completely offline. Now, um,
3: do these clairvoyance globes, do they see invisible? Because I think we had a potion of invisibility that someone could bypass, but um, we could also just destroy it.
4: I'm all for destroying it. If it's it's red and they're not using it right now, let's go destroy it or put it in. Yeah, we'll take it. Yeah. I just said Alaron. Alar's bag.
3: Wow.
0: <laughs> a, made the same mistake earlier. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you guys approach the source of the glowing red light, which appears to be coming uh, from the left chamber uh, on the chamber's outer wall, about six feet off the ground, close to this bend. You see the orb securely fastened with a piton and a crude basket made of wire. Okay,
4: I will reach up there and use my crowbar and pry the piton out.
0: All right, so you pry the piton out, and you're able to, uh, with a little extra difficulty, extricate it from this little wire basket that somebody has made. And you you instantly recognize it as the same style type gauge of wire that you uh, took from the box um, right. at the start of this.
4: There you go, Alar. Or should I trade you for it? it
0: Let's <laughs> <laughs> negotiate. Uh, so, as they're sitting there uh, studying the orb, thinking about what it means, Brokos, you hear it voices filtering up from the passage, bouncing haphazardly off the stone walls, and reaching your ears faintly and sporadically. But voices nonetheless. I'll, I'll rudely shush them. Shh, 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 shh. Hear that?
2: Listen. Okay. I do not hear that.
0: <laughs> so, do you guys want to move forward? Hear, to see if I you hear, hear voices it? ahead.
4: <laughs> oh. Let's, uh, let's stealth on and see if we can catch them unawares.
3: Yes.
0: Okay. Roll stealth your stealth. Mode. 25. Wow. From the bard. 12. 12. 19. Pretty good. 19. 16. 16. Wow. Okay. So you slowly creep forward, doing your best to remain quiet. Uh, the passage narrows and curls around a sharp bend at the bottom. The glow... Uh, 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 You see another glow from up ahead, but this one flickers erratically, casting warm yellow light rather than the red pulsating light against the outer wall of the bend up ahead. The voices start up again, and now you all can hear them. You hear talking uh, occasionally punctuated by a sharp bark of laughter. There's a man's voice, deep and mocking and a woman's voice, smooth, sultry, with a hint of playfulness. As you round the corner, you're able to peek, and you see that the passage opens up into a large chamber. And across the way, you see another red orb glowing faintly on the far side, seeming like the large, winking eye of some unfathomably enormous devil. But much closer... Against the left wall of the chamber, you see a pair of lanterns sitting on a wooden crate. And three people huddle around the light as if fearing to leave its comforting embrace. One of them you instantly recognize as Arvik. His hulking frame is hunched forward as he sits awkwardly on the cold stone floor. Across from him, on the other side of the crate, you see a woman. The sides of her head have been shaved, leaving a mohawk of sleek, dark hair that's been brushed back and tied into one thick braid. You can see that she's leaning forward in a seductive pose, exposing an ample amount of her scarred flesh and purring at Arvik with exaggerated lustfulness. Another large man, the one with the vicious metal claw, sits with his back against the chamber's wall, laughing at the scene playing out in front of him. When Arvik offers no response, the man picks up a rock and tosses it at the giant's head, and the sharp stone opens a cut on Arvik's brow and elicits a soft grunt, and you hear Thraxos's deep voice as he goads Arvik further by saying, Don't you find Pyros attractive, big man? And that is where we will leave it for this week
2: oh come oh, on what no. <laughs> that's actually annoying yeah oh man
0: yeah that,
2: that's not cool <laughs>
0: lots of build up i knew you guys were just like <sighs> let's kill these people yeah there there's arvik um yeah well good job well that was that was that was well done. Um you guys uh are
1: you sure um, you checked the time correctly on this one?
0: Yeah, why?
1: Mm-hmm. was it fast? <laughs> yeah, it seemed fast.
0: Uh well we're just I think we're just over an hour, so it seems mm. like a good time. We should promote this kind of attitude that Jerry has at this moment. <laughs> actually, <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> Jerry's actually on time with an episode. <laughs> this is wow. this is crazy. Uh, no, this is a good spot. Uh, um, what things could we think okay. of? Oh, I've already mm-hmm. thought about how to murder that guy. <laughs> uh, well, good job. You guys have a lot to think about now. The we do orbs down here, the this <laughs> mysterious MF person, the whole there are were rats and werewolves running around down here somewhere. Oh, probably. my. Um, plus the gladiators who have your friend Arvik, who oh, we'll deal with them first. Yeah, it's meant to be a king. So lots to process there.
1: Lots to process.
0: Yeah. They... Lots hey. to kill. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, take a take, take It's a been page like a while out of the since Book of we met. It has been a while. Yeah. 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 We need uh, a battle. There's going to be mm-hmm. a battle. I'm I'm afraid unless you guys There will be blood. with them.
4: Reason with him. No, yeah. he's not gonna see me
1: coming.
0: Uh, nice. Oh, oh, nice! Oh, sorry.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he won't see
1: you coming to miss him. Uh,
2: oh! With your stealth rolls today, Damn. man, I think you will see you coming anyway. Let
4: uh, me use the invisibility. <laughs> not really oh. true. That's, that's true. Yeah. That's
0: true. Good. Good. <laughs> that's so good. Oh. oh, we have dogs. Oh. They're, we they're have excited, dogs. too. Um, well, thank you, everyone, and look forward to that fight next week. And until then, have a great one. All right. Good night. Night. Sounds good. Bye, night. everyone. Bye. everyone Bye.